Hey, listener, this is Rachel, uh, your host of Stone Butch Disco. Um, you know that feeling when you move into your mom's house and you plan to fix it up because it's going to be totally worth it. You're going to get to save rent money and you're going to get to hang out with her. And it's really important. You're going to get quality time. And so you move in and you think this is going to be easy. There's just a few things that need to be done. And then um, flies infest it and you have to take care of that. And then um, the dogs you realize are causing like permanent destruction to possibly the the foundation of the house who even knows definitely the flooring um you know that feeling that feeling when everything starts to kind of fall down around you and um you're denied a job because of your website stone butch disco which is too sexy according to the people who found it um and we're looking to hire you but like couldn't uh does this sound familiar i don't know um i i am on what i think is best termed as a struggle bus but but there is some there is some sunlight uh, glinting through the trees. Literally, it's very hot where I'm sitting. But also, it kind of feels like like this whole Stone Butch Disco experiment was a social experiment that I didn't realize was one of those. Um, and it turns out it was a social experiment upon myself primarily um, because I think I needed to figure out what this project was gonna be and do and what I was capable of like putting into the world literally capable of and the only answer to that question that i can come up with is i just have to kind of put my own thoughts out um and because my full name is on this this shindig and i've already been denied jobs for it i'm gonna have to tell the truth from my point of view um and and actually this is interesting so i'm gonna say it i think what i learned when i first started this podcast and the website was that uh a lot of the folks who who felt drawn to it um were going to say that they were in community with me, but then would pose that the way I was posing, butch identity did not align with their experiences. So they they like would say they had some axis of difference from me that was like constitutive of their sex gender experience that I was like not um, speaking to adequately. And um, I think I just realized that I can't. I, I am only one person. I can't speak to everybody's experiences. I think for a long time, I felt like it was my responsibility to incorporate all those different perspectives. But what happens when I do that is it dissolves my own political standpoint. It makes me feel, you know, fragmented, fractured, like super weird. And I actually I have a psychoanalyst now who is helping me. Trust me, it's not the like penis focused stuff that like American academics say that psychoanalysis is. Mexican psychoanalysis is like very self other. It's very philosophical. It's actually super helpful for me. Anyways, would highly recommend we can have a separate conversation about that. But um, we I, I was like thinking about how fractured I felt trying to incorporate all these people's ideas and I can't, I can't do it. And then it took almost like a critical mass of people, um, including like definitely Mac who was like, dude, you're not insane. Like we need to do this or somebody needs to do this. We got to make this happen. And then I just heard from my uh, idol <laughs> in my emails. And um, it took a critical mass of people saying stuff like I felt for me to be like, wait a minute. I'm allowed to represent our perspective. There's a shared thing here. I can help people by by saying what my experience is and not having to do all that other stuff that actually like dissolves my entire thing. I guess what I'm saying is people convinced me that like I am not alone and I think that was still the fear. I needed to hear it that there is, there are actually people who share my exact experience. People who who are not interested in splitting hairs about what we call ourselves or like the language we use or whatever who are interested in getting to the root the meat of the shit that butch lesbians are going through right now, those are my people. And those people, like, 
we can all work together to put our perspective into the world, which actually is one, even as the queer community would tell us that like, we don't exist, that there's no shared perspective along these lines. That's a lie. And like, I'm learning more and more every day that yes, that is still a lie. I thought it was a lie. I've confirmed it was a lie. I keep confirming it was a lie because I keep being unsure about myself. All of this is like patriarchally inspired bullshit, like telling me that I don't have a right to, to speak just from my own perspective. So I'm gonna, I, I have to. That's the only thing that I am capable of. It's not like, like I, I can try to build in a bunch of different people's perspectives, but then what happens to me is that I am like not even sure where to put my energy. And that's the weirdness that results when I feel like I'm not just telling the story that I came to this pod to tell. Um, so, I, so I'm gonna have to do that. So I've kind of like, you know, crawled back out of whatever that was. And that was self-imposed to a large degree. I am a navel gazer, as all fine humanities scholars are. So I, I, I apologize, I guess, for the time that this podcast was down, that I was wondering what the fuck to do with it. My hand got slapped for it being too sexy, and I didn't know what Stonebush Disco should say, if not the sexy stuff, because that's very key to how I seek to like change the world um so shit got weird but i'm back um and it's gonna have to be me moving forward so welcome to the new stone butch disco i'm still kind of attached to the to the name of it um but i i it's gonna have to be shit that i think so welcome to my stream of consciousness i have a lot of stuff to say i've been taking notes for months in the time that this has been down and I've been trying to decide like whose perspective is it? Who's, who, how, who is gonna structure what we say um, here? But the truth is the we is a me. It's just, it's Rachel Stonecipher. That's my full name and it's on this. And so I might be uh, figuring stuff out live as I record these episodes, but I do have thoughts that you can attribute to me. And that's the responsible way to do this, I think. So uh, what you're about to hear is um, a re-edit of a conversation that I had with Mac um, about, I don't know why I sound so like high energy. I sound like I'm trying to tell you a story. Like I'm a six-year-old trying to tell you a story. Like, um, um, <laughs> but we, we decided to have a, a meeting basically of the minds about these, the ways in which we had separately and together peaked uh, in our frustration with things that we are and are not allowed to say as butch lesbians. And so that is what this episode is about, kind of, although it wanders, surely. Um, and I know there are like some, some moments where I'm interjecting commentary. Uh, one thing I did want to correct, um, I think at one point I talk about Martine Rothblatt being labeled the world's richest female CEO in like, and I think I give the wrong year. I think I said 2015. It was 2014, the New York Magazine did, um, a cover story that was about uh, Martine Rothblatt being the world's highest paid female CEO. That was the language. Um, but the whole story was about the fact that Martine had been male or that's the way they framed it. And so we talk about that moment only, only because it accidentally coincides with the moment in time that like a lot of things seem to be happening that Mac and I were noticing in our own experience and in the world. Uh, the word female kind of took, like started meaning something other than what it had meant up to that point. So that's what we are talking about. Uh, but I wanted to correct that before I move forward. Anyway, um, without further ado, this is episode 19. And um, this is a promise that 
uh, I have, I have, actually there is some, somewhat more ado. Ready? There's like 30 more seconds of ado. Um, Ash, who runs the Lesbian Her Story Instagram account, not the Lesbian Her Story Archives, the other one. She and I recorded like five hours of audio where we were just like, <laughs> like mirroring what the other one was saying, like, oh my God, we have to talk about this. So I want to release those episodes and uh, I will. And I have some other stuff that I want to record. Uh, I've been working on a new piece of writing about the reason that Stonebush Disco has been dark for this long. And I'm going to record the first part of that as audio and put it on the podcast. Um, okay, that was enough ado. This is me and Mac. Cut. <laughs> When she was like, so what you been up to? I was like, well, ooh. and then, you know, I <laughs> told her all about all the shit I've been researching. And she was like, wow, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause like, I was thinking about a lot of that stuff, but like, yeah. I didn't want to say it. Cause I was so afraid. And I was like, yes, this is, I think what is going on right now is like, right. Really right. just like, cause the two women I've had conversations with sh- this shit about are just like, oh my God. Yeah. Legit. Cause like the elevator right, pitch my... A is pretty quick and B like, yeah, here's my fear. Org. Uh-huh. Like the those women are not masculine the women who are like who are Mm. allowed to be in touch with being women are of course looking around and being like wait what the hell's going on with womanhood and why is it becoming this like tiny thing that only i am in you know they're like why am i the only one holding yeah i mean that would be they'll come to the title butch feminist hopefully start from episode one and then they'll get taken along for the ride the ones who I really feel for are the people who are so deep down in this shit that they, they will automatically turn off anything that we say if they've been told to turn it off. Like, dude, I get so that's what I'm saying. It's too late by that point. Like it's, it's too late, but I've reached, but, but we've, we've reached them. Like it takes work, but like, if you Mm -hmm. respond to them in kind, they're like, Oh, I, that's really, that's actually, that's actually the thing is like, and but they don't even really need to listen to it. They just need to see it exists. And then they want to send angry emails yeah. without even listening to it. And then, and then you respond with like, Hey, like, blah, 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 blah. But like, that's a lot of emotional labor. Right. Is it, is the payoff worth it? And it's, uh, it takes a lot out of you. And that's one of the reasons that I got really just filled with rage is that I realized that the, the women who are who are not allowed to ask questions are the ones who have been fully taken in by like the queer agenda yeah. of, you are not allowed to talk about yourself and you actually have to discipline other people to keep them from talking about themselves. Like none of us can tell the truth. And so yes, the rant capitulated. That's what it is. Like the rant in question here that we talk about uh, over the next few minutes of the episode is the beginning um, speech of the last episode that Rachel recorded sort of mid-peaking and it caused a lot of drama i i was feeling like i wanted to reach people who have been told that they have to hate us because they are us In the name of precision, I'm still, when I write, I'm talking about female specificity because like, I am less interested in what everybody identifies as and more interested in the fact that 
the fact of my body has been told to me as unspeakable. Literally, y'all, I just saw on Tumblr the, the queer cavalry yet again silenced a female human being. This person was transmasculine identifying who was trying to say that they really appreciated their female body, that it structures their experience in the world and actually wanted to spend some time celebrating its capacities. That whole celebration, I, I can't even count the amount of people who jumped in to say, actually, this sounds a little exclusionary. You're othering people who are not vulva havers or uterus havers. But there's only one side of the conversation, and you know the side I'm talking about, whoever gets told that they're doing the excluding. That I'm yeah. not allowed to say female because it hurts people's yes. feelings. Meanwhile, meanwhile, how many trans women have you ever seen get told they're not allowed to talk about their penis? Nobody. It's like the discourse around um, trans pride is so dick centric. It is yes. unbelievable when you actually look at in like large amounts. That's that's the I words. feel like that's the language thing though. Is like to to bring yeah. people in. It's like think stop for just a second and like don't think about anything but reproductive biology like if you believe in sexual dimorphism like if you've taken a science class well not even no and i don't want to capitulate to that either because the rad fins are all like, i mean like biology. high school no, like high school biology. Eyes or a mouth or yes ears or basic a nose yes Every senses thing everything that's why it's like an ideology and like a fucking right like, i mean it's a lie yeah. so the idea that like male and female aren't real things that still continue to exist even if you change secondary sex characteristics that's what we're talking about when we say ideology yeah and if you're not getting that ideology then god more power to you please live in the whatever zone of freedom you have found from this shit but we my just have friends to write... are not even allowed to be gay they're literally not allowed to say that they like to fuck pussy because they're not allowed to be proud of pussy however everybody who has that's... a penis is allowed to be proud of a penis which is why this is like the other thing that like really got me being like, holy shit, this is a fucking problem. It's because like this is just powerfully homophobic is what this right. is. It is eliminating and making like and pathologizing all like same sex homosexual desire relations, everything. And that's like that should make us all every, you know, mother loving homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> like wake up and go what the fuck is going on here and like we maybe should have all woken up when like all of our you know legacy organizations started to be funded by the titans of industry but gender a wider lens it's one of my favorite like yeah podcasts in this realm because it's two they're therapists great. and they're just like so funny and like you know they're just moms it's it's sweet mm -hmm. and they're good therapists and they really care and, and you know it's it's really it's touching um and they have some great content some really great interviews with scientists and like really go into shit on that clinical yes. level that's like really important and interesting we should definitely add them to their like list um but they just have like a really great, you know, 20 second, we're just establishing some norms. Like, even if you don't agree, like come along with us or just like establishing right. like they're, I mean, really what they establish in their intro is like how reasonable they are. They're like, no, we are like, <laughs> this is the reasonable this is side. Balanced. Yeah. This is balanced. And yeah. like, but I don't mean balanced in the way of like, you know, CNN tries to be balanced by like hosting Trump town halls. Like I'm not, no, 
I don't, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to do that. Like, but I mean, I hope too that like the name, the butch feminist, like would peak. And I mean, P I Q U E uh, enough <laughs> interest um, yeah. uh, to start listening to it and be like, Oh, what do they have to say? And like, even if they don't start at episode one, like, I don't know if they listen to us and go, hmm, these are some like older butches and they're like really mad about this thing. I wonder, wonder why, like, mm-hmm. hmm. I mean, you have to like, that's the thing is like, you have to have some level of like critical thinking or curiosity or flexible, like mental flexibility to like, even like want to engage with well, dude, the other you know side after that level of brainwashing. Cause like, even I like was, I mean, I wasn't like in it, in it. And that, like, I was, like, on Twitter, like, calling people church yeah. and shit, but, like, I was, I had sort of accepted the, like, major narrative of, like, gender ideology as a sort of concept. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, I just didn't, it didn't ring any, it didn't ring any bells, didn't yeah. set off any alarms yet, which I don't know why, but, like, who knows? Um, I was, like, I was, like I was preoccupied with a lot of other shit also. <laughs> well, and also which, you just want people to live their best life. It's like, that's the thing fine. too. It like hadn't personally affected me is the other thing. It's like, because I had like gone through all of that so long ago, I like didn't, I wasn't in it. it. I didn't like notice that it was like, oh, I didn't notice bad? how much of it was going on. Yes. Like, let's be fucking honest like, because there yeah. is actual social contagion and like, yeah. look, we, if you don't buy that, then you're, then you're not looking at the You're statistics not, because the yeah. there is proof out the ass yeah. that girls are being yeah. frankly targeted it's, it's undeniable by the medical industrial complex yes um yes so like yes. here's the thing and i knew that because i was a teacher of girls and they were Literally. spouting some weird ideas about how like well if you like this then you're probably not a lesbian you're a man like i heard that narrative in a ton of different language over the three years that i taught early high school and late high school in later years and so I was becoming concerned. And uh, once you see it, once you see that what's happening is the definition of womanhood is shrinking and the uh, what, what, what that does is make a bunch of girls feel like there's something very wrong with them. When you see girls living with that and literally like in mental health crises constantly because they think that they're, that they need to pursue radical radical surgeries in order to be themselves because they think and it's like if that's the case for them then yes but that's not the case in these girls the girls i was talking to were female homosexuals female homosexuals who were attracted to women who thought that that made them men now look me dead in my fucking face and tell me that's not social contagion and fucking homophobic as shit yes ah so like just homophobia under a different name and like just more like effective because it's more underground like and what really gets me, I mean, you know, I started, I started giving a fuck about this in 2015 because I saw that the discourse was disciplining certain things out of the conversation and certain things in. The word lesbian was falling way out of all conversations happening in academia around sex and gender. Our sexuality began to be painted as fundamentally trans, redefined yeah. as trans. People yeah. looked at me and told me I was trans and told me that I was writing trans theory. They were things that are actually female sexuality theory were being relabeled as trans theory because they dared not to be focused on receiving penetration, right? So like, that is what happened to me. I was already pissed. You guys, I'm confessing my like half-baked rant from last episode. I was trying to figure out how Stone Butch Disco would continue to exist with my current level of rage. I was like, 
expressing caution around not wanting to be affiliated with people who are hateful, but you should know from listening to me that I'm not hateful. And I don't believe the word turf means fucking anything. So like, I don't- And then we're not affiliated with anybody. And we're not affiliated with anybody. And And, and so I think to to answer your question about like, so how do we draw people in? I think they email us because they're angry and don't want to listen to it. We say, how about you actually listen to an episode? We tell them to listen to this episode. Yeah. And then we see what happens. Right. I think it's worth it. And also your writing is like really approachable if that's like, you know- yeah, and I'm fucking better at writing. Like when I sit down yeah. and think about it, I would never fucking. You're plenty the word good turf at talking though. too. Don't I've spent worry. twenty fucking pages on how the word turf means nothing, but it's in the vo- it's in the like vernacular of all this shit. And when yeah. I'm trying to reach, this is what fucking pissed you guys. This is why Stonebush Disco went dark. I was hearing from people who are me. I was hearing from the kinds of people like the person who works at Walmart who is one of me. I know you're one of me, and I know that you don't feel okay. And I know that when you see me, you think it's impossible that I could exist, but you can be like me too. I was seeing people write me who are like, who feel in community with me, insist that they are not in community with me and insist that, that what I was saying was turfish because it was about the female body. I mean, people were saying like, literally dude, Mac, the, the line that, that somebody got pissed about was this was the line. The female body is not nothing. I'm not allowed to say the female body is not nothing. They said that was turfy. And so look what I You know did. what? Okay, you I know fucking... what I say to that? I say fuck them. Like we're <laughs> fighting for them anyway, but fuck them. Okay. Like, but it's that in- it's that insane. And I so, know. Like, I and was... like, so that's the thing. It's like we're not gonna like we're not gonna capture these people, but who we are gonna gonna, you know, be in community with are all the women that have been awake to the shit for uh years now that we were like, oh Dude. wait, hi. Because there's so lots of them. Saying... And there will be more. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, okay, so this is my fear. You were saying, you know, you need a certain level of critical thinking ability to get here. Yes. You also need a certain level of self-love. You and I have yes. a level of self-love yes. that these kids that I'm hearing from do not have. have. They do not value no. their body. They don't think they have any worth as a female. They think they need to like change fundamentally to be a human I mean, being how and old have are the they? sex they want. How old are they? Well, I would guess like early 20s from pro. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like... I- you but really, I can't abandon the, those people. So no, like, here but I like, am fucking they're just going to have to get older. <laughs> like they're going to have to go with God and figure it out. We're not your enemies. If you love the female body, that doesn't make you a turf. The situation with the word turf, I, I believe it has no single coherent meaning whatsoever. And I do think it is a dog whistle used to shit on women. And I don't think that we would get as many great headlines off of it if it was some kind of nickname for males who act up, right? Uh, but I I am not intending to affiliate with it um, because I do think there are some people who are like ironically or not identifying as TERFs these days. And the ones I've seen are usually doing so because they're just, they've reached their limit on being called, screamed at, like yelled at for valuing female experience. Um, and so they're like ironically identifying with it. Uh, you know, they may or may not be of the crew of people who are just dicks to other humans. And I'm not going to be a dick to another human, including if that person identifies as trans. That doesn't excuse shit behavior. So there's one thing. But I also would say that those people are just dicks. We don't have to call them TERFs. And like labeling them TERFs then enables us to go around and kick every other woman who ever had a thought in her mouth so that she doesn't say it out loud, uh, which is what's happening. We all, all of us who have been trying to have conversations 
that are like reasonable about sex and gender over the last, I would say, three years, especially. And I blame COVID for making everybody too internet dependent, but like um, five, ten years maybe, like people who have tried to say like, actually, female experience is like really specific. Um, we get called TERFs all the time. So I get why we're sick of it. But I'm not, I would not count myself as even ironically identifying with the word. Uh, that being said, if it's, if that's like a whole specter for you or like the greatest crime or like some kind of profound thought crime that is just nebulously circling over your head as like something that you might accidentally touch if you say the wrong thing, really, really, really do some digging on how you, how you came to feel like you could be accused of that. What is being disciplined about your thoughts and language um, by just the fear of being associated with it? It's, it's really something. When I started to question that about my own fears, I, some stuff started breaking down for me and I was like, oh, okay. So I was just told that I wasn't allowed to talk about like a clitoris. That's what it is. Anywho, that shit doesn't make you a turf. Because, like, literally what does? We know that the people accusing other people of being TERFs can't define it very well because God knows the criteria they're using are, like, all over the board. Um, so the only, like, possible criterion to, like, limit this category is, like, people who say that they are. But, like, that, even that is, like, a secondary thing to, like, the creation of it. So it's just kind of a fucking useless word. And it's, like, done so much harm to our ability to talk to each other. There's no such thing. No such one thing. So every time we use that word, we kick women a little bit, and it just becomes this, like, hammer in which the whole world of feminism is is a nail. Let's cool it. I get yeah. really emotional about, Don't worry about a lot it. of this stuff, and it's not... It's It's becoming a thing for me. Like... I'm writing about it to work through it, but like the extent to which I see in in people's aggression toward us, them shooting themselves in the foot is horrendous. Yeah. It is dramatic irony to the nth degree. And that's not even like fair to say. It is so depressing. It has flattened me for the last two months. That's the truth. At this point, let's go ahead and call it a full financial quarter. <laughs> I've been flattened for a quarter of the year. I mean, they're going to come around to it, but it's... But, but the reason that they're coming way. around to it, dude, the reason that they're finding us is because they know they feel some connection with the word butch. They know yeah. they feel some connection but that's, with it. So that's that's then what we offer is like a challenge of like, okay, you, you want to be a butch? We're setting a good example. And you know what a good butch is? Is a feminist. A good butch is a fucking feminist. And that's... Put that on a fucking t-shirt. Like... Yeah. That is the fucking mission statement here. Well, okay. Oh, by the way, like, we got t-shirts, stonebutchdisco.com. We seriously do. I designed them for myself. I made them so that I could print them and buy them myself because that's the core of my butch identity. There would be no butchness for me without being the woman that I am and the lesbian that I am and loving other women the way that I do, which is a butch way of loving women. So, and so that's it. Yeah. And quoting, you know, my conversation with Carol, this part also didn't get recorded, which is so sad, but um, you know, we were talking about how, you know, butches need feminism. like which is just really need second wave feminism. That's that's we actually fucking do. We really do. That's the long and short of it. Like, come get your second wave feminism here, people. But oh, so the thing that the thing that Carol was saying okay, is yeah, that yeah. when you center women, a lot of things change. Basically, everything changes. Everything changes yep. when you center women. When you and center that's, women. that's that's the like 
thought experiment I want people to have when they like walk in the door is like, okay, imagine a world where women are the center of everything instead of the man male as the, as the like um, default human, like the first character in the character selection sheet, it's like a woman. Right. What if there was a slur? What if there was a marginalization of men who treat us like shit instead of a marginalization of women with opinions? That Weird. would be great. That would be so funny. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, like, so think about the that. thing. Like, literally, the world, the written record of history, has never centered women. Imagine what would happen if it did. Then maybe none of us would actually think that like you have to desire a penis in order to have the sex that you want to have with a strap on. Maybe none of us would ever get sold that lie. No. Maybe we wouldn't have to call our parts bonus holes or front holes as that one uh, cervical cancer charity recently suggested. Oh, God, no, no, that's cursed. See, that's, this is also like, this is the, the, the homophobia and the sexism has just taken on a new guise. It's just more insidious. That's the word I keep thinking of. It's just more insidious. So you're less likely to notice it, but it's actually even more damaging. Mm Mm-hmm. So like Glisten, which is like the, oh my God. And this is a whole separate story about my career and how like I was a high school teacher and I ended up getting ousted for advocating for basically like fucking rainbow stickers in classrooms. Um, because yeah, I, I think those are sometimes useful, especially in Texas where I am, like those are helpful. Uh, but then my whole story got like wrapped up as just evidence of like the war on trans people as though I was trans. It's this... I, the like optics of me it's so weird not. it's yeah. so fucking weird how that is though right like uh, we should link that too like on the website because it's it's got know, all it's the weird, shit there but, but like, it's like it's fucking weird how they did that and like they don't say it in the text but like but they keep connecting things and you can they, see the discursive links over and over, and over um and i was like just just trying to fight my fight so i was like what but we were you know i was like a gay straight alliance um sponsor slash advisor for my high school and we use like the gay, lesbian, and straight education networks materials, like Glisten's materials. Um, but like Glisten has officially gone off the rails. Um, like in the guide about sex, they're like, many individuals don't see body parts as having a gender. We've chosen to include alternative words for readers to use for their genitals. So they're like trying to lay out weight, like, and some kind of talk about bodies, which I was like, okay, that's good. But then they're like, you know, some trans men use, choose to use the words front hole or internal genital instead of vagina. Some trans women may say strap less or girl dick for penis. This usage is meant for one-on-one communication with trusted persons, such as your doctor or partner, not for broad discussion. Like in, in making a guide, they've submitted a document for broad discussion. Like this is a public document for public discussion. So if they're going to do that, they've chosen some pretty selective terms for the discussion of body parts when lesbians have a whole host of our own alternative terms for body parts and they're not showing up in the guide. I think probably my favorite example of this is that girl dick used to, I don't even know if historicizing it that way is, is the best thing to say, but it used to be publicly known among LGBT people as a lesbian's word for their strap. So like, what happened where now that term just means something totally different and the act, the replacement actually becomes an erasure. And this is what lesbians are talking about with our words in general, the replacement of femme as having previously meant a lesbian identity with what is now presumed to be kind of a, a 
free for all, any any kind of definition word, that that replacement is not actually an expansion. It's a direct erasure. So this was actually published on Healthline, but it was with the Glisten and Advocates for Youth, um, like they signed on to it. And it's the LGBTQIA Safe Sex Guide. And it's like, why the fuck are you going to have a guide for sex? This is what this, is what this foundation money pays for. This is exactly what this foundation money pays for. Okay, what are you looking at? Um, this is Glisten's gifts and grants revenue from 2015 to 2021. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, it skyrockets from uh a little over five million dollars a year in 2015 and 2016 and then just absolutely like took off 17 18 19 there was a huge jump like it almost doubled between um 2019 and 2020 that money pays for shit like those fucking guides and that sort of ideology work i mean you and you and i have both located 2015 as the moment when funding seems to have shifted and the whole world shifted. And now it was like, nobody was talking about homosexuality as homosexuality between two same sex people. Everything was about gender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the ideology part. That's why it's gender ideology. Right. Which is the idea. It's exactly the way that Glisten kind of words this, you know, like many individuals don't see body parts as having a gender, but we're not concerned with gender. We're who, concerned with who sex. Who is many people also like, <laughs> the fuck are they talking about well i mean what are they talking about but like why would you not you know they say traditional safe sex guides often unnecessarily gender body parts as being male parts and female parts um okay that's fine but then look at how they differently talk it's not fine but actually look at the comparison between like the words that they include for trans men's alternative genitalia words like front hole or internal genital and then like the ones that uh trans women use which include like girl dick which is kind of valorized like front hole is not something i ever hear like celebrated no also like some people like no it makes it sound like it's like a lot of people saying this i'm like no it's really not like it's It's really not not. that many people saying this like why do we need to spend like billions of dollars to like bankroll this across a shitload of organizations that's the other like thing too is like if you're if you're tentative, if you're like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know if I, how I feel about this whole like gender critical like thing. It's like, well, OK, stay with me here. This is America. In America, yeah. money is speech. Money talks. Money is power. If you want to know what's going on with something, you got to follow the money. And guess what? If you follow the money here. There's an answer, and it's just men in general, billionaire men. There's tons of pharmaceutical companies and shit that make mad money on this, and all these foundations that, you know, grist this mill, and, like, like it, it harms women and girls. That's the thing, is, like, the receipts are really out there. Like, Yeah, and it's like, I'm tired of being told that I'm insane for literally pointing to actual factual stories yes. of people being raped in prisons that have been yes. sex integrated. Like, as someone that, you know, again, like, has worked in nonprofits to, like, sort of understand how this shit works, like, the other side of this is stuff like these fucking PDFs that they have and these fucking, like, trainings they hold and blah 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 blah, where they disseminate this ideology i just can't get away from how like it's this is what my first advisor who i adored and she'll probably deny saying this she was like 
men they just want all of their things and also all of our things and she was like super, literally super pro every she was like very pro trans in every way like would even kind of like probably encourage someone to think that they were trans back because she because Ooh. she was like uh new to it as well you know just trying to be supportive right yeah but then like the yeah. one time i just heard her say you know this this is kind of weird it's almost like they want our things and all of their things they don't want to give up any of their things literally and here i'm not talking about transsexual women at all i'm talking about folks whose identification is more on the fence but they just refuse to give up the dick worshiping aspect i i think if there's one thing that i just wish that they would give up it's the dick worshiping part and start talking exclusively and in the in the tone of celebration about pussy is the world ever going to do that are trans men ever going to be allowed to talk about their pussies and actually like like them in the same way that trans women are allowed to talk about their dicks and like them can we just do that it's it is a like pornified like male Which is not trans like, women but those are agps but we should yes, be able to identify no. and talk about agps i'm talking about agp that's the thing yeah. it's like trans like the 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 trans women who are not agps go with god um they're the ones with the money and power and they're the ones with like that are actually trying to like institute this ideology and like get all of these laws changed and like change the way everyone like thinks and sell Mm -hmm. all these drugs and pausing here to note that max been doing a shit ton of research on like actual individuals who have been behind you know major donations to the human rights campaign and these sorts of things that have been pushing the idea that sex isn't real and that's our, our target when we're talking about ideology is the idea that sex itself is not real. Um, and Mac and I have talked about like positioning. The, the reason that we keep in both of our minds going back to 2015, for a while we couldn't figure it out, but we were looking back and um, with the help of, I think it was the Gender, A Wider Lens podcast, they pointed out that there was a woman, trans woman, who was named the world's richest female CEO in 2015. And what's interesting about that is that that's the year that I really started to be told that like, I, I must be male on the inside. And uh, so I marked that t- that year like in my own memory. But uh, that year is also the year that we started using the word female when we meant woman, we meant socially woman, but we started using the word female as though that is the same thing, right? And that to, to make that move discursively is to erase female experience as something sex-based. So like, that's interesting. That's what we're targeting. That's our problem. Um, Mac's been looking into like, who is really at the root of that? And the truth is, well, I don't know the, tr- the truth truth, but what from what I can tell, it is 0% transsexual women who are the ones trying to erase sex. Transsexuals respect sex. They know that it matters. It's structured their experience as much as anybody's. But it's the folks who are like really trying to deny that there is a specificity to female life that Mac's been targeting. And Mac has has like, um, has a lot to say about it basically. And I I'm, I'm wanna go ahead and say straight out that I'm not completely on the same page as Mac, not to say that I couldn't get there, but you know, we have our own separate thoughts about these things, but I'm leaving in a lot of stuff that Max says about this topic because she's been doing a hell of a lot of digging to get here. And you know, her journey, much like mine, is a journey of just being like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? And making these discoveries. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it all in. And uh, if we piss you off, that's cool. Welcome. We're all pissed off at different things. Oh, hang on. A Coda to the Coda. That's a great movie, by the way. Um, 
what we're going to be talking about when we say AGPs. I think we cut out something. <laughs> now I don't remember because it's been so many edits and it feels like it's been years. But um, where we define autogynophile, this is a sexuality that like, that, like any sexuality, should be permitted to exist and enjoy its full blossoming, right? Like, I don't want to say anything that would imply that there's anything wrong with being an autogynophile. So what it is, is like being sexually attracted to the idea of yourself as a woman. There's a whole community of people now who are autogynophiles, who identify as AGPs, who are like, hey, this is what I'm up to. Uh, and the ones who I think are telling the truth about their experience are like, this is a sexuality. It's not my gender. It's because gender is, I mean, those folks that I really enjoy listening to are the ones who are like willing to draw an analytical line between sexuality and gender and point out that like, gender is being used as this category that eats all of our experiences. And if they're being honest about what's going on, they're like attracted to the idea of themselves as a woman, but they're not trans. So like those folks exist. However, there are people who are AGPs who are like recognized as such by like feminist voices who you may or may not find controversial, but have kind of touched that discourse, but who are saying that their experience is identical to like the average trans woman's experience or the average transsexual woman's experience. And <laughs> on the other side, those trans women and transsexual women are often like, um, no, it's not. It's that's I'm not just like turned on by the idea of myself as a woman. Like I, I feel this intense sex dysphoria that I feel is not like based around solely sexuality, right? It's not, it's like two separate things. I'm not putting this into words very well, but I wanted you to know what the, the kind of term autogynophile is associated with. And I also want to say, I'm not here to shit on anybody's sexuality. I do weird stuff in bed. Whoever does whatever they want in bed should be allowed to do it. It's just when we start conflating that with like actual femaleness, that's when shit gets weird. <sighs> Capture a generation. Like, and it like helps their, their case. If yes. Females don't exist. Like if there's no such yes. thing as like the female sex and like, dear God, I fucking really appreciate the AGPs who were like, yeah, that's exactly what I was. That's doing. exactly what it is. Yeah. Like who I love those it. people. Like yeah. I, I can, I can't think of one. There's one on Twitter that like was interviewed on some podcast. I listened to, I can't remember which one. I think it was heterodorks, but I was just like, I love this guy. Cause he was just like, so straightforward. And I was like, Oh my right. God. Yeah. Like, thank you. What, what I cannot stand by and watch happen is that like, the language that is used to describe like trans men's bodies is like the language of absence, like front hole, internal It's genital. still sexist. Like it's, it's still, still sexist. sexist. It is a sexist ideology and a homophobic ideology. And period. meanwhile, girl dick just like period explodes in popularity, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, and what's so funny is, you know, MB and Jenny are like a butch femme couple, both female and like they use girl dick. They've been using it forever for like mb's cock but yes like they but that's been officially colonized like a girl dick is is the thing that belongs to trans women i and also like, remember when a girl dick was just your fucking strap on right yes so but no that Not those anymore. are mutually exclusive now nope and girl dick is the thing that like is celebrated as a presence and meanwhile like all the trans men are like i have this kind of hole which is so weird and ironic uh. because like Actually, you can't construct a vagina and a clit out of not a no! vagina and a clit. The powerful so, irony of it is just insane to me. Yeah, like, so like, I mean, uh, look, this is like mean, I, I don't mean it to be cruel, but like the experience of trans identified male people who, who like do or do not identify as trans women, but like are medicalized and have that experience. What they can create is like a hole that kind of functions similarly mm -hmm. to a vagina 
only insofar as it's a whole. It doesn't have any of the other things that a vagina has that are presences. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's just to create it can't, the illusion. It isn't part of the mechanism to create life. Right. Like one of the most like sacred like things we have on this earth. It doesn't do what truly. a vagina does. So like for trans men to be forced or not forced, but you know, like discursively encouraged to call their their vagina a front yes. hole is ironic and dehumanizing and fucking wild. Yeah. And like that's how you know ideology is at work here because it's not yeah. equal. You want to hear some really fucked up shit on the like this is not equal. So yes. when I was doing some research, I was looking at the Wikipedia pages of feminizing hormone therapy and masculinizing hormone therapy in order to get like drug names. And the thing that I noticed that was in, on each of the pages, there's like a graph kind of near the bottom. Or well, actually, no, it's in the the graphs are in the transgender hormone therapy page actually. Um, but they list all the sort of like effects of testosterone and estrogen and whether or not they're permanent or like reversible. Um, and of all of the effects of estrogen, two of them are permanent and nine of them are reversible. But for uh, testosterone, six of them are permanent and seven of them are reversible. Wow. I did not know that. Yep. Well, and okay. You know what else is not fucking fair? Phalloplasties don't goddamn work. Carol is totally fucking right to be. I think Carol's totally fucking has, right. But... Period. End of sentence. Like I just, <laughs> like, I am like totally her disciple now. Like no, but I just like, think she's Carol, so brave to talk about the fucking phalloplasty thing because, like, oh yeah, the outcomes fucking blow cursed, for cursed. trans men. Oh. If you're interested in hearing more from Carol, who is a detransitioned butch lesbian that I had on the pod. Um, her YouTube is at Sour Patches 20771. I think there's this like uncomfortable conversation um, among butch lesbians about like whether and how much using a strap means you identify with maleness. And I would put that number for myself after much self-reflection at a whopping zero percent, right? But there is there are plenty of worlds in which, like imaginative worlds, worlds where you inhabit your body and feel differently. And I think there are a lot of butch lesbians who do identify with maleness, not as a fact about themselves, right? And that's where we're, shit's getting really confusing, but as kind of this projection of like cultural identity that it, that becomes sexual and therefore feels embodied. And it's this complicated knot. And I think listening to Carol on that front and then listening to me on that front or whoever else, all these people with different opinions about that is like how we're gonna get closer to having a real female specificity around this experience, right? Like it's not, and, and that's so many of those like D-trans stories, like, you know, I've texted you, I'm, I've been like, I'm in a hole on- You gotta stop, you gotta stop reading that shit, dude. That yeah. is bad for your mental health. It like, is, it is, but it's like yeah. so important. It's almost like I want to provide witness and be able to speak to it at least because like y'all, if you haven't looked at r slash D-trans and somebody recently suggested to me that it's like, a useless platform of radicalization of TERFs. And no, that r slash no. D-trans is individual stories of like devastation. And if you can't pick but up But it is that, also like it, one of the best tools for like radicalization for peaking, of your friends. Maybe. Yes, yeah. to totally. In the same way that some of these articles are for like a different set of pe person, like for the person that like looks at Reddit too much, just be like, no, go look at the subreddit and like 
come back to me in two days and tell me you haven't peaked. Like, dude, it's and it's like everybody's writing in different writing styles and it's so personal and it's It's so so dark. And so much of it is like, I, I realized after I had already done all these things to myself that the ultimate goal of the phalloplasty was gonna be horrible and I would never have a penis. And so I like, and I'm not one of those people. I can't, I can't pretend to be among the group of people who actually wants a penis. I never did. I never wanted that. I just wanted the strap and I love the strap and I love taking it off also. I like to fuck with it. I like to take it off. But I... I was one of those in the bucket of people who were being told and who believed for a brief moment that maybe what I really wanted deep down is to be a man. If I had gone a little further down that path, we were being advertised that. Yeah. We were in that, that target market. We were in the target market. We were. Jen Speck's Instagram actually had a great post about this the other day, and I'm just going to read it. It says, who is most at risk for gender dysphoria? Girls? Adolescence, people with ADHD or autism, gifted individuals, people with mental health conditions, gay, lesbian, and bisexual individuals. Does that sound like you too? I would have been, I can just feel the like thing that would have resulted for me, which is everybody told me that I would be happier with a penis, but they can't actually give me a penis, but they made me do all this shit to myself to like get closer. Like I read those stories and I'm like, fuck, like I was so so close to this, whatever this experience is. If I just walked a little further. That's why like, uh, you know, major props to all of the like actual factual detransitioners out there that are like going and talking before state legislatures and like getting on the media and like writing shit and Substack and stuff like they, they that's who we need to be listening to right now <laughs> like because in america we don't have we're not going to have like a systematic like medical review of this that's like uninfluenced by like pharmaceutical money right. so like that's about all we have is like the legal system is like all of the fucking lawsuits are about to like yeah come out of the ass and like there's right. legal precedent for this because of shit like low t like look it up we'll talk about it later um that whole scandal uh <sighs> if you forgot about that um but yeah, pin. it's put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> um, <sighs> well, so the thing that needs to be said is liberals, dear liberal politicians, the detransitioners and the trans men who are on females team, like Aaron Kimberly and Buck Angel and the like the people who who know that we need a review of this stuff, they don't want to be in bed with conservatives. So please fucking listen to us. Dear liberal yeah. politicians, they're literally only in bed with us. conservatives to the point that like conservatives are the only ones that will publish their stories, and then, like they're the only ones that will like actually listen to them and vote the right way on this issue. Like, yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm saying us because I I am identifying myself as a D sister in this situation because I was one of the yeah. people who had bought into the, oh, the yeah. thing of these certain desires make you a trans person on the inside. The I only reason why period. Yeah, exactly. The only reason why I dodged this bullet was because I like sped run this in like 2009. Right. Before this ideology really was out there. So I could see it like when I think about it, I'm like, I could see myself being convinced that if I could come using a strap on and I liked that. And I mean, boy, do I like it. Then then maybe what I really wanted was like the quote unquote real experience of it, which is what the, which is what the ideology is telling us. That's impossible. It's saying uh, that that's a male experience, that there's a male 
that like, if you're a woman who wants to penetrate another woman and experience pleasure from that, they're saying that that's a male experience, no. but then they're doing so without using sex-based language. So it's just confusing the fuck out of everybody. So yeah. they're like being sexist, but they're insisting that sex doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. put wink in everybody, all the girls. Because the I mean, the other, the other thing to like, you know, ask yourself always is who benefits from this? Right. Who benefits? Who benefits when sex is just like abolished as like a legal protected the class? Penises benefit. Hmm. Anybody with a penis benefits because Literally. that is still the center of the universe. Men benefit. I mean, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, you know, the perfect example of like the way the discourse operates. Fucking JK Rowling, when everybody really came out and shit on her, the first, like, it was technically the second time, but like the time that she got like mega, mega, mega canceled. She was saying, hey, we're not talking about the fact that like trans trans men are female. Well, guess what? The whole backlash to JK Rowling only ever talked about penises. And she had nothing. Her comment said nothing, nothing about penises. It had nothing to do with trans women. It was all about the fact that trans men are female people. And the whole conversation still was all about dicks. Like, that's what happens. Trans men are not allowed to have one single fucking moment because they're female people. Because we are not allowed to have specificity in this. Like, yeah. either gender... Either you allow women to speak about our own experiences and you allow female specificity to exist or gender does not exist and men are the default, period. I mean, I don't think I, I, I'm at the point that like, I don't think gender exists. Like gender is a social construct, but not in the way that like I used oh, yeah. to think that gender was a social construct. Well, no, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Like, I'm calling it gender because all that it, all that gender is, is a label placed on a sex. That's it. Yes. There's no magic. It's it is imposed and you can but live. also if we just like deleted that word from our mind i think it would, everything would be easier maybe it would but i also think it's of utility now because we've already like spanish ourselves. it's huh like spanish right like it's just there's just sex right. and gender are one right and so the like end. trans women in, in in like mexican spanish are women who live as the sex of female who were not born as female but like it's very it's like there's not this in between of sex isn't real. It's like sex is real on yeah. both sides. Yes. So you are either living as yes. that sex or you were born that sex, but we're not talking about gender because gender is not separate from it. It doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not a separate thing. There's no like gendered ourselves. soul. Like there's no, like there's no yeah. any of that. Like, <laughs> but, but this country, we have the situation where in order to clarify what I'm talking about, I'm still using the language of female and male because yeah. if I say like women, People don't necessarily know that I'm talking about female people and they refuse to respect that female people exist because we have officially jumped the shark to that degree that See, but I I'm just not allowed to never... say the female body is not nothing. That's true. I just can never remember to say female and, female and male. I just want to say men and women because it's fewer. I know. But and and I do look, here's the thing. Also, I, I don't do give be... a fuck because I'm also in the like adult human female, like adult human male like camp too. like well, come at me. Here's the fucking <laughs> thing. I'm in that camp too because yeah. that, then we what have are we doing? Words. Yes. Um, then like, so what's the problem? Like, in, so, like in, in this in this world, like sexual dimorphism is real. And well, that's I mean, all there is to it. So I do think we I, I think feminists. I mean, all, you know, all of that all of that lesbian theory that I like dug up out of the dusty corners of like Philadelphia's bookstores, all of that that we did for 40, 50 years was to say, hey, gender is this set of social constructs that you can fuck with, right? But sex is not this mutable, like sex is immutable. It's going to be around forever. We did not concede that. The way that we did not concede that was that we said gender is this other thing. Gender is like performance, yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
Well, now yeah. it's like gender is, has been internalized and re-naturalized on the level of the soul. Yes, literally. And uh, we're not going to get out of that unless we no. point back again at the distinction, right? That like there were, there was a reason that we used this term gender and it was like not to dispense with the the sex that was its origin. And no. Judith Butler, where the hell did you go? Because you honestly, like you at least admitted that sex was immutable, but now you're like, literally who literally like yeah disagreeing with yourself feminism i don't know her hmm. yeah fuck her honestly i just i, I can't she's i it does feel like betrayal and look i like yeah live i have lived for the last eight years with a lot of rage like a lot of rage from the time in like 2015 when i started talking about this and people started telling me like well actually um the word lesbian is a white word or the word right. lesbian is like racist or the word lesbian is like stupid or actually you're trans or whatever i'm like why is it this one word that you guys hate so fucking much and why are white people the ones telling me that this word is flawed in a race way it's it's sexism that's why it's sexism it's just sexism but that's why i want us to frame to continually frame it that way like keep pointing it how the female sex falls out of the fucking conversation or we are continually represented in the trans lit as an absence as a whole as a nothing like a clit is nothing like your smell is nothing like the feeling that i don't know I, i've been writing the about fucking the fucking angela long chu quote the like expectant asshole in blank blank eyes you know wait what <laughs> did you not do you oh man hold on wait it, do you not know who, who that is who he is who, i didn't angela, hear the name angela long chu Okay, I've heard that name, but I don't oh, remember this piece of oh writing. Oh man, there's a great, uh, there's a great tablet article about him that's uh, fucking fascinating. Um, Whip it out. Uh, I will. We don't need to go into it right now, but he's an AGP. He was. He literally said in an interview that like that sissy porn made him trans. Wow. There is an incredible article in the tablet about. Angela Longchu and his whole story. It's called The Long Goodbye by Blake Smith. The link's in the show notes. See, literally fucking said the damn thing, which I'm just like, wow. Um, I don't I think don't, everyday trans people know that this shit is like happening. Or, no, like, they don't. They have no idea. They have just no like, idea. We didn't. Yeah, the, just we we only the only reason we looked into that's why it was like the funding that's it, literally and that's why like the funding is like what I think is like yeah, the most sort of convincing and eye opening is like uh. Because it's hard to deny, like, what's literally in black and white, like, like filed with the IRS. So, like, WPATH is one of the, like... Also that. Yeah. Yeah. if we're looking to the people who are, like, setting the rules on what is appropriate for transgender health, it'd be the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, right? Which is currently chaired by Marcy Bowers, who was Jazz Jennings' doctor, the one who, like, pornified Jazz's vagina, like, the way she talked about it. And then also the person who has repeatedly said that she knows that like um, certain medical treatments for boys before they like for like male children before puberty lead to not having orgasms. And she's fine with that. Basically. Like she said that multiple times, she really wants cosmetic outcomes for boys to be good. And that's why like she wants male kids to like basically be caught with. That's literally the medical, like so they're prettier. Yes, that's literally the whole, like, medical, like, reasoning behind all of their recommendations and all of their, like... It's so weird. Like, best practices are, like, in order to make them... That's that's all they care about. Like, they don't care about, like, 
you know, psychological outcomes or any of that stuff. All they Fuck care no. about the easiest thing to measure is cosmetic outcomes. Well, I don't know what it is, but like, but also, bad. okay. I found the Angela Long Chu quote and oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the barest of sen- the it's I'm sort of paraphrasing at the beginning, but the last part is the quote. Um, the barest essentials of femaleness are an open mouth an expectant asshole, blank, blank eyes. Wow. This is some fucking like, MFA motherfucker that just like yeah literally just started saying the damn thing saying sissy it. porn made him trans and then has been like writing it to a like new york like book review like stint and like all of these accolades and blah 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 like but so but it's kind of critical right like he's he's being no no it's not critical at all no he's, he's just so fucking sexist and Wait, nobody really? like yes yes it's not ironic yes oh my god i'm like i oh i need to back up to the microphone no it is not ironic i'm so sorry dude but no that's horrible yes so he's not like so he's being honest but his honesty is terrible actually yes okay just most people aren't like peaks so they don't really think about it or they're just like what the fuck well that's not who i thought it was that sucks but also yeah that's not a trans woman real like that's not literally so why why are we allowed why is like the whole universe of discourse allowing that kind of person to be to name themselves as trans because of all this funding like because of all of this like the w path like literally is changing and like people involved with w path like literally were responsible for like some of the changes in the dsm about like gender dysphoria and like blah 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 and like these people are responsible for you know changing the discourse so like making it okay like that's what all of this funding is about like when we get to the like episode about the foundations and what they do like you'll literally see what the money laundering is and what it's going to and like right it's it's all kinds of like legal nonprofits, like on the girl like really thinly veiled just like money laundering just like organizations that just have lots of like really vapid language about like you know empowering leaders and like direct assistance and like da 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 but also they're getting giving tons of money to all of the fucking gay organizations and you know so are all of the like and all of the uh drug makers are giving tons of money to all of the like american medical associations of various like specialties it's all right. it's all just ideological capture with money that's well, literally that, all it is i think that was one of the things that peaked me or that started me on my peak peak journey is like the american academy of pediatrics blatantly lying about yes. girls about Bro, the proportion of so girls many slides about presenting this. gender clinics yeah yes. so pull up pull up them damn slides because i those are great mac literally like did all this research like literally looks like a grant writer professionally um and is uh but like what you have on the donors to american academy of pediatrics checks out with what the fuck they're allowing their journal to say yeah um they're lying on purpose and when I saw that, I was like, yes. wait, I didn't know we were allowed to lie in journals like this. Um, so here is That's episode 13, by the way. Yeah. So here's uh, a sampling of the biggest pharmaceutical company companies who create, you know, various um, hormone therapy drugs, both for you know, masculinizing and feminizing of all stripes, testosterone, estrogen, and like all the little, like, you know, spironolactone, all the sorts of things and all of the companies that create them. Um, This is some of it's easy to get. Some of it's shockingly hard to get. Like there's a lot of like sort of shell companies between these big pharmaceutical, like conglomerates, but um, 
So the the big names here, um, the ones with like a bunch of drugs in, in the market are Pfizer, AbV, Bayer, Abbott, um, yeah. Allergan, Nova Nordisk, AstraZeneca, Merck, GlaxoSmithKline, and Eli Lilly. Where is the um the donations? All of these societies have at least one like just literally named sponsor on their website or in their is this normal reports. this seems not normal like socialist so, medicine doesn't run socialist like medicine doesn't do this you know and they'll say like oh we don't like actually like you know take their advice like da, 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 we're we're neutral i'm sorry but like if you are openly taking money from major biotech yeah, and pharmaceutical companies under any circumstances you're fucking compromised and like especially you know the two endocrine society ones endocrinology ones have you know of course the most uh drug companies invested in them Mm -hmm. because of course all these companies have products on the line that they want to sell um and then the american medical association also has a bunch again the you know major drug makers in this market the major players um they literally all do. And so for the American Academy of Pediatrics, ma- major named sponsors, Abbott, Nova Nordisk, GlaxoSmithKline, and Merck. Right. Yeah. It it really just feels like, I mean, you know how like adolescent girls and like young women are, they're like the target market for makeup and like yeah. the, you know, advertising, one of the biggest advertising industries is like cosmetics for yes aimed at girls, right? And then when yes. that market gets saturated, they start aiming it boys well they found a way yes. to like reach the girls who weren't getting reached by the cosmetics is what it feels like yes. Yes. um take the so take the pin out of the low t thing um so if you are an american and watched any sort of like cable television between the years like 2000 and 20 like 15 you remember the like low t commercials and like the radio ads and like you know basically selling testosterone replacement therapy to men but what what was happening was just natural aging right like it's just when you get older you produce less of your like sex hormones right whoa like it's a shocker but you know these pharmaceutical companies used you know basically invented this low t diagnosis in order to sell their product testosterone and there's a big study there there was a you know multinational study survey so there was a major and progressive increase in defined monthly doses of testosterone between 2000 and 2011 um so that worked like the like low t scam totally worked and they sold a shit ton of well, there are like uh, tea testosterone. Yeah. Now there are tea so, clinics near me. Well, here's here's the funny thing. Um, well, so in 2015, the FDA Whoa. started cracking down on pharmaceutical testosterone Whoa. after passing rules against the prescription of testosterone products for men experiencing natu- experiencing natural declines what? due to aging. Yes, dude. Yes, exactly what, what clinics and pharmaceutical companies have been profiting off of for over a decade. Right in they got boxed out of one market and they opened up another. Oh my god! I saw okay. this. My okay, heart literally stopped. My so heart like, stopped. Like 
Okay. Every single lesbian that I've ever talked to who has told me to my eyeballs that suddenly around 2015, 2016, none of their butch friends were women anymore. Something happened. And like, just the fact that it's like after, like the fact that it's after marriage equality just like makes it more obvious that like there's something nefarious happening. Like there's a real ideological well, yeah, capture, said, capture like, of gay organizations here um, in order money. to like push this ideology. And like they just dumped money. Literally these pharmaceutical agencies, like companies and like titans of industry just started dumping money into this. Like in right, 2015. And 2015 is when I started hearing that there's no such thing as female nests, yes, that there's no such thing as a female person. And it just, it just happened to be at that same time where like, it just made it that much more obvious. And then I, this literally was the missing link. This was the, this was the, like, yeah. I think, I think this is the smoking gun. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I mean, because, and, and, and that's why like people should read like what I, I, this is the like little editing input I put into the last episode about Bob Ostertag's book, um, sex science self, because it's just like a great, like it's an economic, like, and social history of, estrogen and testosterone and like trying to attain and like basically people snake oil salesmen trying to sell the idea that you can like become more male or female uh by taking these uh you know created drugs that sort of approximate sex hormones but like aren't really our sex hormones yeah i mean in order to make money and like Something that's dimorphic can't be on the no. spectrum. And it's not actually. It's just And like who benefits? Who benefits Jesus from Christ, that? Dude. Pharmaceutical companies, um, cosmetic surgeons. Also, maybe. can we talk about how many fucking newspaper and magazine and TV spots have been dedicated to trans women as the number one CEO or as the number one Miss America, Miss Netherlands or whatever, as the number one, whatever. How many trans men have you seen replacing men in headlines? zero and you never will and by replacing i mean the valorization of this is a new kind of man who is replacing the kind of hegemony of the older model of what a man is we see that all the time in the context of the word woman but we never see it in the context of the word man none that's that is that is the proof that it is a sexist right agenda it is a sexist ideology it is a sexist project like right if if it weren't trans men would be succeeding in what they're not like if it weren't then you would see trans they, men they look like fucking ellen men. page looking fucking miserable and like looking like she really needs like fucking help like i oh elliot oh my god elliot yeah page. i want i don't know dude yeah that's that's what we get i i'm like she needs okay. help or he i don't know no i uh uh-uh. that's 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 where i draw the line no i am worried about elliot page absolutely not um buck angel is is an exception i don't know not the rule dude for me elliot page i just know that elliot page's story sounds like one of a lesbian sleeping with straight women yes that's what it sounds like yes Yes. A lot of that yes. story feels yes. very familiar to me and it feels all, it's, very it's bad. Got all the hallmarks like like you know sexual God. abuse like yeah. I mean but uh, look, internalized I, I homophobia. Everything that is like said or written by him feels very uh what's the word? Like prov- provisional. Not least because Elliot um is one of these folks like Jack Halberstam who 
uh, embraces nominally the fluidity of gender, but is still staunchly in the category of, but don't call me a woman. Um, you know, Elliot uses he, he, him, and they, them pronouns, but everybody, the whole world, including him, it appears, just use he, him, which we've talked about that before. He, him is the privileged pronoun when he, him, and they, them are both options given by the, by the person. And they, them is the privileged pronoun when they, them, and she, her are both options given by the person. Uh, so it's like pretty apparent that there's one thing that female people who are gender nonconforming and do this want to dissociate from. Um, which is fine, you can choose that. But if you're choosing that, then what's provisional about that to me is that it, it doesn't rightly sort out the issue of fluidity. If you believe that gender is fluid and pronouns don't really matter and all of this is, is a construction, um, you know, where do you plant your feet and how do you defend planting your feet there as opposed to in lesbian territory, which I think a lot of us would make the argument that Eliot's story is a lesbian story as well. You know, it's, it's just where are you planting your feet? Are they planted? Last night, I happened upon a list, like a listicle of um, celebrities who use like what they called rolling pronouns. So like different pronouns for themselves. And first off, it was an overwhelmingly female list. And we all know this to be the case. Like something is happening sociologically with females not wanting so much to be tied down to the prison of womanhood. We If we just take one tiny half step back, we can see that that's what's happening in large scale. That's not to say I can, you know, determine what anybody should or should not be called, or, you know, they should live their best lives, and I'll call them by the pronouns that they choose. But um, we got a phenomenon going on, yeah? But then the other thing is, I saw, like, Mae Martin, who uh, I think is, like, um, one th not even complicit, but, like, responsible for some of the most just bullshit myths about womanhood, namely that you can't like have sex with a strap on and still stay a woman. Um, that That's in a previous episode as well. And a whole paper that I wrote because I was that pissed about it. Anyway, Mae Martin was like saying that, that they, Mae Martin, get mistaken for a female comedian. What does that even mean? Like you are, you are a female comedian and people like are drawn to you who share that with you. There's no other, like when, when people like me are looking at you going, oh, that's somebody who's like me, it would just be a lie to say that the axis of similarity that we're operating on is not female. You know, that's a powerful axis of similarity. So what is the point of hopping out of our territory into another one and then, and then continually reasserting that you're not one of us? It just, why is it is it truly that you think that you're more special than we are because it feels like that actually correction it doesn't just feel like that because you literally say it like i don't know how many times i've read people's descriptions of why they say they're not female and i'm like i feel the same way as you my dude i also have had feelings about my body that are identical to what you describe does that change the fact that I'm a female person who feels solidarity with you precisely because of those feelings? No, this whole thing is just so confusing and terrible. Why dissociate from each other when we could associate? Okay, and now back to Elliot Page, who the, the world of gender ideology would insist I should have nothing in common with or feel nothing in common with because our genders are plastered on our souls, but it just don't feel like that, does it? Like, there's still, like, an explanation of what happened in his life that he's trying to offer. Because he needs, like, real psychological help. 
Is that the situation? Because I I know that there oh, are yeah. elements of that oh, narrative dude, that are so some, sad. Read, dude, read some reviews of her book. It's like really sad. Like the Shit. level of like straight up like psychosis, like really bad, like mental health symptoms, like self harm, like yeah, no, it's I, it's okay. really I only, bad. I only read a no, 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 hand the gay Mm-mm. stuff. Um, nope, nope, nope. It's it's worse. Okay, it's, it's really it's dark. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to, but I yeah. should. But, I mean, um, you should. You should. Yeah. Honestly. Like, but, but yeah, it's dark. But isn't it amazing that like, that's the, the model of like trans that actually, no, the model of like female masculinity that exists is kind of like a boundary, like a liminal kind of unhappy, kind of couched in depression, like not competing with men. Who benefits? Right. Like you're never gonna get a fucking ar- news article like the the world's richest like imagine like the world's richest male CEO is Elliot Page like you're not gonna see the flip side when it's never. a female person absolutely um, not because we're not because the only people competing like the only people being like shoved out here are females and like and what sucks is I don't know if you've noticed but like I don't know how I feel about this actually. But the... our, our listeners are screaming, yes, yes, we've noticed in the car right now. <laughs> uh, just the the fact that there are still no butch women permitted on like television. Um, I kind of lost my thought there, but uh, I want to I did want to raise that. But like, um, yeah, that yeah. we see a lot more trans men now, but they're all like anybody's on West Side Story or like Elliot Page, where like the whole narrative of who they are is very fraught. And they're not like among men. They're just like treated as this like weird outside character and we don't have a damn strong butch woman anywhere no no. um anywhere and oh my god imagine how cool anybody's could have been in 2023 if she was just like an homage to the diversity of gender presentation within femaleness like how fucking radical that could have been if she was just like yeah fuck the jets or what there was there were infinite possibilities for Tony Kushner to make anybody's feminist. I mean, shit. Like, but no, his the screenplay, when you actually read it, the way that he writes about the like stereotypically feminine women is also misogynist. So who are we fucking kidding? That whole thing was like praised as being uh, you know, on the forefront of gender liberation. Well, read it. What is that what does that screenplay say about women? And while we're all at it, we can look at every other artifact of supposed gender liberation and and ask, what does it say about women? Like the fact that every single lesbian piece of media, like the ultimatum, gets relabeled as queer. Like once women actually have sexual freedom, we're not allowed to be women anymore. Like the second the one thing happens, the other thing's got to happen. And we got to become part of some homogenizing fluidity that's called queer. And like... The people who do look like us, by the way, like, um, is it Talk to Me, like the new horror movie that's coming out with I don't know Zoe Tarakis? Um, I just I, I'm sick of like all the people that look like me saying that they're not one of me because it's like the only second wave feminism. Yeah, the only representation that butch women are having is being called trans. The second you see somebody and you're like, oh my god, somebody like me, somebody pr- who probably shares my experience in the world in terms of like the gap between our sex and the way we perform gender, and then like, and by that I meant like biological sex or the phenomenological issue of being female. That plus the way we perform gender makes us very similar. But that Entertainment Weekly is like, no, dummy, that person's not like you at all. 
This is trans representation. It's not representation of the diversity within the category of female. You can't have that. And I can't even tell you how many interviews I've read, like on Autostraddle and Pride, um, since like, you know, 2015, when I really started begging the universe for words about people like me. The truth is that there are so many deep thinking interviews between queer establishment journalists and female actors who identify as non-binary that dedicate the bulk of the interview questions to celebrating shedding their association with womanhood and like those interviews i will i will go down a rabbit hole and see just how much the whole queer establishment likes to talk to them about how their roles are not um you know tied down and we continually frame women as a prison and if we're doing that and girls are looking at you that's irresponsible <laughs> so i mean not hi hollywood actors not every single one of you has to do this work but fucking somebody could and we don't have anybody doing it. Of course, those who have read my writing at stonebuchdisco.com know that my, my particular um, target when I'm looking at these discourses is autostraddle, not least because it was the one that I was most emotionally attached to myself. Uh, people told me that that was the thing to read if you were a lesbian in, in 2013 through 2016, I would say. There's, there's like an article on, on autostraddle that's such a fine example of this. It's Drew Gregory interviewing August Winter, and it's about, and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, um, if not, it's in my writing, but like um, I did kind of a line by line analysis of what's being said in that interview, just because these things have high stakes for me as somebody who like looks to media um, for, I guess, cues about how we're discussing these issues. I think it matters the way that we dismiss and deride women's problems, in, even when we're talking about the movie Women Talking. Um, the interview was, is about August Winter's performance in Women Talking. August Winter's non-binary, identifies as such. Um, and they and Drew were kind of like continually insisting that that movie is not about women's oppression by men, but rather about the oppression of all genders by gender itself, right? And it's when you look real close at the words, it's just interesting to see that for the... Um, transposition that it is like I want to call it a transposition you're, you're kind of picking up a conversation and, and putting it down into another context that it is not designed to address and then insisting that that's its proper home and I feel like that's what's been happening to a lot of women's issues um, for the last 10 years right like we're, we're not allowed to say actually properly this is a women's issue um, or a feet I mean even worse a female issue right a matter of concern for females I would have loved to see an interview with the alternatives present, right? Do the whole substitution test for semiotic analysis. What if Drew and August were discussing how similar their struggles are to those of the female women who this movie is like very intentionally and purposefully focusing on, um, instead of kind of dismissing and decentering those women and actually completely turning the focus away from the banal you know, sorry, it's boring, but the, like, eternal situation that female people find themselves in relative to male power in societies like the one detailed in, in Women Talking. Um, and then Drew says that she, 
as a trans woman actually identifies more with the gay male character in the movie than with any of the women. And they both kind of alternate giving reasons why the issues covered in the movie are not singular issues experienced by female human beings, um, even though that's the whole central thrust of the movie. You know, the whole thing is about this world in which a perceived sexual binary sets you up for a certain destiny. And the, the whole interview is, is undoing the um, value that either, well, both interlocutors, you know, Drew and August place on the central struggles being represented in the movie. The interview is kind of like undoing their importance by really changing focus away from women and away from femaleness. Drew as a trans woman dissociates from females and then August Winter as a non-binary female born person dissociates from the female experience or, or from discussing women talking as fundamentally female. They both use the phrase all genders a lot and, and it, it really palpably expands so far beyond the central binary conflict that is the, the human drama in, in the movie that it feels so false. It feels like painfully false. And it feels like like going so far out of your way to ensure that there is no female specificity present in what, what touts itself as the world's largest lesbian website. Um, it's fascinating, right? And what I would have loved to see is a write-up by a butch woman like myself with sexual trauma talking about what we have in common with those women because that would do a lot more justice to the movie, or at least it would have a dialogue with the movie that doesn't you know, pick up and depart from the movie with this whole ideology that essentially silences it. But, but what's really, it's like, you're, you're allowed to hate a movie, but they don't, they're not admitting that they don't like the premise of the movie. They're declaring that the premise of the movie is something that it's not. This is what disturbs me, right? Because this is like the pop culture stuff that I was looking, like, looking for for cues about how to be a lesbian or I guess looking to for cues about how to be a lesbian when I was like in my early 20s I know I'm, I'm not alone in kind of like finding auto straddle for those things so when we're like uh painting and portraying um the the phenomenon of femaleness as like a non-issue that's a bizarre movement for for the world's largest lesbian website in my view and it feels intentional and it feels, like I said, constructed, like in a false way, such that like all of the cool media that we can engage with as lesbians from a lesbian perspective, centering women are like being distorted away from um, attempts to portray reality by female creators, like uh, away from not just the, the kind of gnarlier, more difficult to discuss issues like um, pregnancy, uh, the effect of rape that results in pregnancy, those sorts of things, but also what we all, including people in the, like thoroughly in the queer community can admit, which is that the care work, even of taking care of each other within the queer community falls dispro disproportionately on female people, right? And I would include in that the uh, misplaced quote unquote care labor of telling other female people to shut up because one among us has been deemed transphobic. That is something that we are all doing the work of because like the whole patriarchy sets us up to do that work. Like we're used to trying to take care of everybody and everything and not allowing ourselves to speak. And so when, when like our few moments that Hollywood, like, you know, the clouds part and a female director and screenwriter get to say something, if those few moments are going to be 
bent away from the the facts of the female like embodied lived experience on the world's largest lesbian website we got a problem i mean go ahead and admit that you feel hostility toward those shitty cis women talking of women talking who are making it all about themselves no matter that one of them has no teeth because they were probably kicked out by her husband no matter it's a pretty glaring example of what I'm talking about. If you want to go look at it, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's who benefits, who benefits, right? Who benefits when it's not when women are are not allowed to just be. Um, Okay. Yeah. It's also the 50th anniversary of Monique Wittig's death. Um, they're having like a big like anniversary year thing I saw on her website. Yes. I um, love her. And okay. Okay. I did want to say this, dude. You know, I love the the Beauvoir, like the old school Beauvoir. Uh-huh. So I realized uh, we never came back to Beauvoir because we're about to go on, an, on a fun slash depressing other rant. But um, I was going to raise, I have a paper called How Queer Theory Consumed Lesbian Theory in the 1990s, The Blob Style. Um, and it's on the website, stonebushdisco.com. But it's, it's really about how like some of the number one most egregious abuses of women by, and I'm just going to be real direct here, of women by the queer academic movement have, um, have been of, of lesbian theorists or theorists like Simone de Beauvoir who were kind of aligned with lesbians but didn't say it out loud um but we're doing some like really important work around sexuality anyway uh that body of work is something that i've spent a lot of my time trying to uh draw bright lines around so we know that this was a thing there was like a whole world of sexual theory that was actually much more than that it was also a theory of of words and bodies and how words and bodies affect materiality and things and it's really powerful and like females were producing it and then they got essentially told to shut up in so many words but one of the most egregious things to me is what has happened to Beauvoir's memory. Because not only in you know the 1970s did men say that all of her theory came from Sartre, her husband, right? Uh, or her dad, as one New York Times dude put it. I dug into the archives and found that sad story. Um, well, that uh, ridiculous quote. But uh, today we are misquoting her like left and right. And you know, everybody always likes to say the one thing that they say, that they remember of what she wrote, which is um, one is not born, but becomes a woman or you know that quote, one is not born but rather becomes a woman. People take that to mean that womanhood is elected. Her, that's not what she's saying um, at all. In fact, her whole book that she's famous for is called The Second Sex. And so she's really, really uh, interested, invested as the title might imply in sex. When she's saying you're, you become a woman, she means you are disciplined uh, to become one. And who is disciplined? Females. Here's, here's what she says. To reject the notions of the eternal feminine, and she includes some other examples here as like analogies. I don't know if this makes sense, but to reject the notions of the eternal feminine, the black soul, or the Jewish character is not to deny that there are today Jews, blacks, or women. This denial is not a liberation for those concerned, but an inauthentic flight. And then here's the kicker. Clearly, no woman can claim without bad faith to be situated beyond her sex. She doesn't believe that you can detach gender from sex. 
and the entire academic establishment has been trying to tell you that's what she thinks. If you, if you had to sit, sorry if you did, but if you had to sit through a gender studies class at, at a college, at a junior college, anywhere, at, at a public, <laughs> um, public seminar uh, in the last 10 years, people have been telling you that Beauvoir doesn't believe sex is real. Her book is exactly the opposite. Tell me that's not a fundamental abuse of female authored philosophy. And if you look at the record of history and who's been able to talk, you would think it probably matters that female-bodied people have not had their, their moment in philosophy, or if they did, it was immediately, immediately covered over by crap like this. I'm angry, <laughs> and I'm angry on their behalf. I'm angry that we never had the mic, not for one damn second, before somebody started distorting what we were saying. Now back to your regularly scheduled shit shooting with Mac and Rachel. Um, but actually, what else do you have while I'm pulling this up? Because I know we wanted to like... Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about ideological capture of gay organizations. I can move through this pretty quick. Yeah, go for um, it. So we're going to talk about the funding, specifically uh, individual gifts, mostly major gifts. So like big, big, rich people giving big money to uh, foundations. Um, sorry, I'm looking away because I want my dog to come over here. I want to see the little come skinny. Here. Come here. Jump up. Oh, no. Come here. Come on. Okay, fine. I think he looks like a wildebeest runt. He looks like a Muppet. Oh, yeah, for sure. With the hair, too. He's like a little wildebeest chihuahua. Yes. A little horse. Well, yeah, a small horse. Feet. He's doing yes. horse. He's, he's as the kids say, giving horse he's giving horse yeah no he does give horse fine um so uh again i'll show y'all how to do this how to find these numbers at a later date but um so yeah but needless to say this is all from easily and publicly accessible documents that you can just find um like tax returns and annual reports things that um foundations have to nonprofits have to produce like according to the laws like, because we have, like, crazy tax laws in this country that are just, like, so insanely, like, detailed. It's just out they of really crazy. Um, but that means that's a good thing for nerds like me, because if you want to follow the money, guess what? You fucking can. You literally can see it yourself at work. Um, and this is this is part one of that. Um, so this is the human rights campaign, uh, major gifts and corporate and foundation revenue, because they haven't broken out. Um, so HRC, 1819. 2021 is when their like corporate giving really took off and like they're they made they raked in some serious corporate and private foundation cash in 2021 um they actually like you know made another additional four and a half million dollars and their that growth over the um how many years is this seven years um is a hundred percent increase so they've doubled their um right uh right. corporate foundation yeah that's uh, revenue um since 2014 um so here's again their corporate sponsors that they literally name on their website because if you're a nonprofit organization like you have to do some stewardship of your gifts yeah you have to like tell people you have to thank them and like part of that is like putting their shit on your website and like you know having their logos that you can click on and shit um so here's the sort of tree map of all of the hrc's corporate sponsors the, the most biotech. recent it's yeah, like the my, fifth largest. Um, so yeah, there's the oh no, we're we're getting to that. Um oh yeah. So what does pharma say? Pharma, Pfizer and Pfizer CBS. is a big HRC corporate sponsor. Huge and and they are a big HRT <laughs> creator. 
Yeah. Um, so now we're on to Lambda Legal. Um, this one, of course, is like going to be like uh, tilted towards um, law firm donations because it is like explicitly legal one. But I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. Again, some, you know, a little rise after 2015 when marriage equality happened. Huge drop from 2016 to 2017, which, again, makes sense because like marriage equality like happened. So there wasn't like their their whole like big push was like sort of over like it, it there there well, was going to be some like contraction i i would think um that's weird I, some <clears throat> of this is like it's also timed with when trump was elected or 2017 yeah true there is that bump also like there, but, but there was a bump yeah. in one and a decrease in another of these gay organizations and i'm like i wonder like if if people gave up on the law but like really invested in like hrc yeah mm. i don't know but the the um, really the the interesting the most interesting part is how it just keeps even after Trump is out of office, you know, 2018, 2019, of course, 2020, it keeps 21. Going. Yeah. It's literally like their their grant and gift revenue is 119% over over uh like seven years, 2015 to 2021. Um, um yeah, I actually I think I had a friend like ghost me because because I said something about like my pronouns are definitely she, her, like not they, them. And I, I don't remember where I put it, but it wasn't offensive. It was just like identifying Fuck that. myself. And she was like, why did you say this? And then she just like never talked to me again. Um, and she was affiliated with Lambda. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Um, Eli Lilly is one of their corporate sponsors. They're, they have made um, the HRT drugs in the past and still do, I think. Um there's you know a, a capital investments yeah, firm why why food and bev um big like alcohol these are actually yeah. both like big alcohol conglomerates fascinating and then just, like a shitload of law firms um but the funniest one honestly of their sponsors their feature sponsor is ea ah! electronic arts which i think they did this like donation in order to like save base i think there's also that like at where work of like who is showing up on these like corporate donation lists or like people that need the good PR. Right. Right. <laughs> and like the, e- the fact that EA is a major land legal sponsor when they like are like literally union busting fucking like employee abusing dickwads, like, and you know, are totally just, ugh, yeah. Well, and weren't anyway. they like wrapped up in Gamergate negatively? Oh yeah. Like, they were accused oh. of sexism. Just big mm, time. Yes, absolutely. Like um, they're, 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 sexist corporate culture is uh renowned at this point <laughs> um but yeah they they are a and they're like one of the two top donors like over a million dollar donors to land illegal um and they definitely they definitely did it for the good pr wow uh, well that's just a weird tour through yep like it's just reminds me we need to fucking look at this shit you know yep yeah i know yeah. the fact that nobody's been looking at this shit like while we weren't paying attention after marriage equality like we literally got bought like that's what the first yeah. that's what the opening slide is is like it is literally the like ideological capture of the gay organizations by it's the fire sale of gay organizations after marriage equality like they yeah. literally just had yeah. a fire sale to like the highest bidder and guess what like they bought and right um so here's glisten again just big increases over year over year huge increase between 2019 and 2020 um Weird. yeah they they made 12 almost 13 million dollars that year after making eight and a half the year before um their percent change if you do it for their like top year instead of and not like 2021 um let me do that real quick 
it, mm-hmm. if anything, the graphs just show that something is happening like in the late 20, in the late 2010s, moving into now. Yeah. Uh, with my, a lot of money is moving around. Oh, that's 128%. There we go. So like more than more than doubling. Um, again, Glisten, lots of like shopping organizations, a lot of like Urban Outfitters, New Balance, Gucci, Walmart. Yeah. Holl- Hollister. Hollister is like, they're literally their top sponsor. Why? Why is that? Several talent agencies also are big uh, Glisten sponsors, which I think is kind of weird. And here's the most shocking graph of them all, honestly, is the Trevor Project um fundraising between 2015 yeah. and 2021 this is literally i don't need to describe this this is this is literally exponential growth like this is imagine a graph of exponential growth and this is what it is it's um, actually insane it so is like 891 percent change jesus between almost, 2015 and 2021 yes yes so like that it went from five million dollars to 52 million dollars of gifts and grant revenue i know you yes. and i we've talked a lot about how like we've had mental health crises and it just doesn't like our experience doesn't seem to track with like the dominant narratives around the trans suicide, like the way no. that it operates, like the dynamics of it. No. By which I mean the dynamics of the things that actually upset you as a gender nonconforming person walking through the world. And frankly, the total cultural absence of just loving the butch body as an option, as an option, the way the femmes do. Thank you, femmes. I'm sorry the whole fucking world shuts you up. And my. My sense as a teacher and as a person is that the people who are actually at risk um, for self-harm do not need to be told that they're going to self-harm if they don't get a certain form of medical intervention. That's literally like so far from best practice. Like that's there's already like so many like papers about how that's like not what you're supposed to do. Like suicide. It's just well. It's, it's like everything we know about adolescence goes out the window. That's like what totally, the wider totally. lens ladies always say. It's like everything we know about adolescence and development like goes out the window when we talk about trans. But you can like, tell people are be benefiting from that narrative. Like people literally are benefiting from. And, literally. and we also know, we know for a fact that like it's not true. The actual studies looking for correlation between like trans identification and likelihood of suicidal ideation are, it's not there. No, it's um, not. And it's, if anything, like. Do they call it like a counterindication? Now I'm forgetting mm-hmm. like the language that they use, but it's like, it's just as likely that what we're seeing is that if you are given treatment as though it's you are trans, that it actually increases harm. your likelihood. Yes. Right. So we don't, yes. we, and they're saying you can't tell what the relation is. So like this myth that's producing all this, all this money for the Trevor Project folks is uh, not backed up by no. evidence. And that matters to me because I have seen my students who struggle with suicidal ideation, my students who struggle with suicidal ideation are doing so, I believe, under the thumb of gender ideology, making them yes. feel like there's something wrong with them. Literally. Like that that is what actually caused my I'm thinking of one student in particular who was experiencing this is, suicidal this is ideation. What, this is what Jennifer Billick says. Like yeah. in, if you listen to any of her interviews, the shit is it's not an identity, it's an advertising campaign. And it's like, it's advertising to you that you are meant to kill yourself. And that's fucked up. If you don't like buy drugs from these giant pharmaceutical conglomerations, Which makes sense. Like it all. Yeah. That all real. makes sense. All the graphs line up together if you overlap them. Right. Like it's pretty yep. fucking. Oh, nuts. yeah. It's it's pretty clear. And um, again, lots of just every the titans of industry are at work here just all over the map. And like we know Bro. from the actual data that like the girls who are presenting at gender clinics by and large present with like serious comorbidities related to mental health. Uh, like 
one lit review in the journal Acta Biomed. Um, it's a three-author lit review led by Kiriaku. Um, the, the title is Current Approach to the Clinical Care of Adolescents with Gender Dysphoria. Um, and while the article takes, uh, takes for granted at times that people with gender dysphoria are a cleanly overlapping category with a category that they label transgender individuals, and that's one of the things that I think has been a flashpoint for folks like me looking at this, are all the people who have gender dysphoria trans on a spectrum or are, it, you know, what, what essentially composes that category? And the authors don't solve that, but they're, they point to a lot of issues. Basically, they say that gender dysphoria, you know, co-presents with mental illness. They cover a lot of those statistics. They say comorbidity studies in children and adolescents have found a high prevalence of autism spectrum disorder traits um, or confirmed diagnosis of ASD and gender dysphoria. In addition, adults with gender dysphoria have been shown to, to exhibit autistic traits as well. Um, and then violence and victimization, inclusive of sexual assault, dating violence, and bullying are common encounters for young individuals with gender dysphoria. The issue, of course, is that they don't tell us and can't tell us, more like, uh, what the causal arrow is. Are the people presenting to clinics uh, with gender dysphoria experiencing those things because of their transgender identification? I think we could say, based on logic, probably not. So we're, we're seeing a, a population of people who are, lar who are skewing female um, presenting at clinics saying they have gender dysphoria symptoms, like describing those symptoms, and also at the same time saying that they have these past experiences of violence, victimization, sexual assault, dating violence, bullying. Um, anxiety, eating disorders, depression, self-harm, suicidal ideation. Uh, so we're, we're just in a situation where there's a whole knot of factors. And, you know, my experience, Mac's experience, the experiences of some of my students, I have, are, are causing me to think that this myth that, like, what fixes the problem is medicalization is contributing more to the confusion because it's not actually solving what it purports to solve. That's what is what they're dealing with. Yeah. And so to be able to isolate uh, transness, which no one, including trans people, has like satisfactorily defined as like a discrete condition that we can name and identify, to, to actually saddle transness, this, this mythic nebulous concept with what's happening to these girls when it's a bunch of girls is just like completely insane and irresponsible. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, and it's, it really is an ideological like conflation of like all gender nonconformance with like a yeah. medicalized identity. Yeah. And that's what and, like, people, that's what people that. do when they call you and me trans. They're yeah. saying we're transing. Fuck that. Like, did you see the thing about how like PCOS, like they're, they've started talking about like women no. with PCOS, like, but, but what happened was some, some activists, like feminists started saying like, yeah, I must be a trans woman. Cause like I have PCOS, they like flipped it. But ah! then tra trans women were like, but that's, but trans womanhood has specificity. It's for people who are born male. And we were like, oh my God. Like, oh, Bro. look who's allowed to have specificity. Fuck, fuck that. Yeah, all of like up one side and down the other. I just can't even begin to. I can't. But did you see the other the thing? Sorry. No, I did <laughs> I not see saying. that. But did, did you see the article? Sorry, words by Aaron Terrell in the LGBT Courage Coalition that Lisa no. Davis is doing like the one about like he's a trans man. He was kicked out of WPATH science symposium. Cool. Um, he was like, already like this kicked guy. out. Cool. Uh, because his whole point, you know, he like helps run the Gender Dysphoria Alliance. 
And so he's like trying to deal with the standards of care, the WPATH's new standards of care, number eight, Bruh. which is the one that like names eunuch, like it Whoa, names this... the desire to cut off your penis, like as an identity that is natural to people. Big time shout out to Genevieve Gluck here. She's basically the only one that I've seen anyway that's really blown the whistle on this. Um, there's a great podcast uh, episode interview with her, if that's more your speed. Uh, it's episode 48 of the podcast, Whose Body Is It?, uh, which I highly recommend. Um, it's called The Dark History of Transgender Medicine, WPATH, and Child Castration. So this um, is the association. Like, this is the World Professional Association uh, for Transgender Health. Yes. Which, dude, I did not peek until I started looking at shit like this, and I was like, you know, Wait, "Are we fucking there's like serious? Multiple are we like confirmed pedophiles like on their like board of like the people who like you know did it contributed to Sakiate. Like this is again, this is like a whole other episode. I feel like yeah, talking about W Path, but like no, yes, but I think no, the, the like, like pedophile connection is real and it's really scary. Well, you're talking about the the ideological capture of like like I wanted to I wanted to raise it because the ideological capture of the media is is built up with the and ideological capture. Look at, look at Glad. So, for example, yeah. speaking of ideological capture of the media, like well, this so is another... WPATH is like setting the the agenda basically, and like yes. this dude. So he says he went there first to gain a better understanding of the SOC eight, the standards of care, and second to network pr- with providers within WPATH who might feel we'll similarly to the gender dysphoria alliance people. He said, the more presentations I attended, the more concerned I became with WPATH's internal culture. The theme of the language used in the presentations was of righteousness and persecution, not medicine and scientific inquiry. Even in a even in a presentation on medical interventions for children who identify as non-binary and genderqueer, including hormone treatment and surgeries, the only questions asked of the presenters was not about the existence of studies that demonstrate the benefits, but rather how to get transphobic parents, in quotation marks, to agree to the interventions. They're not discussing whether any of this stuff is real. So this is, Um, and this is why the low T thing is like actually really prescient and like, yeah, related to this is because they've done this before. Like, this is literally just how this works. Like all of these pharmaceutical companies and all of their buddies just invent a fucking, you know, diagnosis. They invent a (laughs) diagnosis in order to sell the thing that they have. And, you know, when that, when, when that like jig is up, they got to do it again. And then when that jig up is, do they do it again? It's, it's no it's the same same day but it's the same it's the same song (laughs) yeah i thought you would be entertained by his account because he's like yeah this is literally let me just read like some of the stuff it's really good he's like hi all i'm a trans man and representative of the gender dysphoria alliance an international organization that advocates for better mental health care for gender dysphoric people and more robust research into the medical interventions offered to us this post received one laughing emoji. This was like in the forum called trans attendees. Oh, one laughing emoji. Oh, and no. then he goes, the following are transcriptions of the rest of the replies I received. And he like puts them all in here. Um, the first reply to, I guess, this original post. Yeah. Um, was for those unaware, the Gender Dysphoria Alliance promotes links to anti-trans pro-conversion therapy organizations. D-trans slash re-trans people deserve better than such organizations and cis attendees should be aware the above post is not an accurate reflection of their mission. Like speaking to cis attendees as though this man is not trans, right? As though this man is not trans identified and trying to speak. This message received 12 thumbs up. So he was saying his message got a laughing emoji, but the first text response was that and that response got 12 thumbs up. He replies, I'm sorry, 
this person, but that is false. GDA is hundred percent opposed to conversion therapy. And I have not misrepresented the mission of the org. Why would I do that? Anyone is welcome to see what we're about. And then he linked to the website, to the website. The next response reads, y'all GDA is an anti-trans hate group. Aaron, happy to have a professional discussion offline if this is a conversation you're actually interested in having. So like they basically like bully the shit out of this dude. They bully the shit out of this dude. Um, So yeah, no. Oh, Uh, oh, oh. And then then people are saying like the ideological capture is real. The 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 yeah. So they um, shit on they shit on Lisa Littman, who's the only one who's like trying to speak for girls and who knows just like I do that rapid onset gender dysphoria is a fucking plague and it's everywhere mm-hmm. and it makes girls hate themselves and it makes them tell me that they don't think they can be lesbians even though they are I've fucking been there so don't yeah. tell me that's not real auto autogynophilia like GDA admits that it's real because GDA has spoken to autogynophiles who talk about it so yeah. like but these people like shit on all that right like they're basically saying GDA like believes in these things that are not aligning with gender mm-hmm. ideology um these are turf talking points that's what they say he he's doing and then what they do like after all the bullying all the bullying um <laughs> they they start like mispronouncing him they're like since Aaron Terrell identifies as trans themselves i was open to the possibility that they might be individually open to considering better science if they are some sort of infiltrator this is the fucking w path full of like mental health professionals and these people yeah. are acting like high yeah, schoolers yeah that's crazy high schoolers crazy dude and he he finally he's like hey oh. i host a podcast which is a great podcast by the way called transparency and like i'm just saying we don't believe these things that you think we believe but yes we we believe that like rogd needs to be looked into and autogynephilia is part of this phenomenon because we have plenty of evidence that that's the case blah 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 like he doesn't actually address all of that but he's just like def- like defending himself and then he he like tries to create a new thread titled Christ. trans individuals concerned with an affirmation only approach and then he gets blocked. So he gets removed from the app that hosted the conference. And they keep calling him a turf. And he gets reported. And he gets finally evicted. And they didn't even refund his registration fee. Well, like, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. So like this whole thing, it just sounds like a bunch of middle schoolers shitting on each other. It's, and just, it's, supposed it's to be... the proof in the pudding that like the people are truly brainwashed and like... Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't really have beef with like the rank and file on this issue because like it's hard to realize what's going on when the, uh, you know, ideology and the whole sort of program is so sophisticated and so well funded. So, literally, the final message that this guy sent before, um, getting unregistered from the conference, like being having no access to any of the like forums or anything. The final question he asked was, what are clinicians doing to ensure gender non-conforming cis children and adolescents aren't transitioning unnecessarily? And he never got a response. And then he was unenrolled unenrolled from the conference. That's it. Can you believe that? Yes. (laughs) I can't. Still, it still blows my fucking mind. I mean, having realized just how sophisticated this conspiracy is, like, no, I don't. It doesn't surprise me. Nothing surprises me anymore, honestly. I've the surprise has like been worn out of me in the last like two months. Like also like the 2015 like FDA crackdown on the low T scam, like really that that also just like kind of took it out of me. Like Right. That's unbelievable. That's that is just a that's beyond the pale. It is getting to the point where it's like, yes, this is unfucking believable, but it does. Ugh. It is starting to feel like more of the same. Every time somebody gets shut down for like asking a question, that is feeling like ideology 
just more yeah. of the same thing that's been silencing yeah. me for eight that's years. why i don't want to like capitulate to the language thing like, yeah yeah you just have to have a good like intro and then just like leave it try to convince people to come along back again like flu season i broke records while loose leaf and i'm coming now my roof leaving don't give a i don't care uh did it for my lonesome no wonder now i'm on one no shortcuts on that long run all i really want is my share uh get him my god him i told him it's nothing in the discussion